Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. People are leaving their jobs in record numbers. Businesses are shorthanded, and many businesses have been forced to cut back their hours due to this worker shortage. Here in my hometown, we actually have a small grocery store slash 7-Eleven, and in the last two to three months, they have been closing at 3 p.m. because they do not have anyone to work the afternoon and evening shift, and it is so surprising. What could be causing this shortage and what can be done to reverse it? Able to discuss this topic and more is Rini Cavallari, author of the critically acclaimed and best-selling book, Head Trash. Cavallari says workers are experiencing record burnout, and this is one of the reasons that we are experiencing the great resignation. Rini has a list of tips on how to combat burnout and help employers keep employees, and we're really excited to talk to her about it today. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, Rini. Thank you so much, Ed. Great to be here with you. So I did a light introduction of you, and I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit more about who you are and how you currently interact in the marketplace. Well, um, I have. A, I start with the most important job. I'm a mama, and I'm a grandma. <laughs> that is the most important and, job. Yeah, and it's good work. It's good work. Um, and of course, you know, I'm a daughter. I'm a sister. I, I am a musician and I play the jazz flute. Um, got that artsy fartsy side of me. But in terms of work, I am, I've been a strategist for many, many years and um, an entrepreneur owning several businesses. And uh, in that process, powered by Aspire, one of the core businesses, we really explored something that was always interesting to me, which is how do you shift human behavior We are a global company that works with leaders and organizations um, to help them improve performance. And to improve performance, you have to shift behavior. And so um, the book Head Trash, The Leading Killer of Human Potential, is actually captures the essence of our findings over the past 27 years um, with real people doing real challenging and difficult things, including making brave choices. And there's a lot of bravery that's been going on for the last couple of years at such a, you know, a, a chaotic time in our lives. 
Well, this is one of the reasons I'm so excited we're talking together, because when we look at people showing more bravery at work, which is one of the objectives of these conversations, uh, it really is about shifting behavior. It's shifting where your head is on the topic, how you connect with somebody else in respect to helping them and shifting your behavior from fear or concern to helpfulness. And I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit more about this concept of shifting behavior. Now, what does it look like? How do we do it? I know that's a big question, but what are some points that you could share with us that might be helpful to our listeners? Okay. Well, I think first you have to understand that what's going on is really going on in what we refer to as the emotional brain. So you have a physical brain, obviously, and it's it, we always say it's directing the traffic of your body, but your emotional brain is actually running your life. And the emotional brain, what we are, we're, at, we're able to identify is that there's two sides to the emotional brain. There's the connected side of your emotional brain and the disconnected side. So the connected side is where there's positivity, um, collaboration, creativity. We can solve problems. We have clarity uh, and, and our power is in that connected side. On the disconnected side of our emotional brain, we have a variety of experiences from anxiety all the way to full outblown fear, anger, feelings of disgust. In, in realizing this challenge, when we start to feel this sense of overwhelmment, um, it really gets in our way of being able to move forward against what we really want. And so let me just dive into this. Something happens um, in, in life, and it could be as simple as you're driving down the highway and um, someone cuts you off. Or it could be big, like something happens in the office and someone undermines you. It doesn't really matter, but life is a series of events. And when that event happens, we go to the connected side of our emotional brain or the disconnected side. And once that happens, then our actions occur. So we feel the way we think. So once something happens, how we think about it, we feel something, that feeling of worry or fear or positivity. And then from there, our behaviors occur and it happens really quickly. So when we start to understand that the goal of life simply put, is to spend as much time as possible on the connected side of your emotional brain. And what we were able to study was really how were leaders over the last 20 years, but even more so throughout 2020 and 2021, we were able to dive in and see what are leaders doing that allow them to be so successful, which is living in the connected side of their emotional brain. Well, you have just mentioned a ton of information that I could ask questions about. So let me start with a practical one. And if it's not relevant, just tell me, where do the terms connected or disconnected come from associated with connected being like collaboration and disconnected being anxiety or fear, et cetera? Is there a reason that they're called connected or disconnected? It, it just, it helps us frame it. If you can almost imagine a circle and there's like a line going down it, you can then look at it and, and that allows us to visualize what side are we on. And so when in working with these people over the years, we just started to define them as the connected side um, of the brain or the disconnected side. And the connected side is where we learn and where we grow. And Aspire, my firm, we focus on 
uh, leadership development and training and, and aligning organizations. So you got to be on the connected side to do any of that. And that's where it's so powerful. So it was just really terms that we felt helped define what we were trying to communicate simply. Well, I, again, I think the concept is compelling and can, you know, can a leader choose whether or not if they're in traffic and somebody cuts them off, whether they go to the connected or disconnected side, or does it take training and focus and presence? Or, you know, do I have no control over which direction I go based on what just happened? Tell us a little of the backstory there. Well, the first thing is we have to be self-aware enough to know what we're up to. And so in the book, we really identified a very simple process to understand. It's harder to do, but we can all build muscle to do it. And it's called own it, shift it, dump it. And so the first thing is, is that when we become aware, which is own it, when we're aware that someone has just cut us off and it's ticking us off, right? We become aware of that. Then we can shift. We can shift it so we can get out of it versus having it run us. Now, if we don't shift, we, and let's say we're in the disconnected side. Well, you know, you're from Boston. I'm from Philly. There's all kinds of things that I can say from the disconnected <laughs> side to the guy who's passing by me at, you know, what looks like 150 miles an hour and is unsafe and blah, 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 right? You know, but if I understand, and there's really, we identified three primary ways to shift. So I can really dive into the shift. Once you shift out of the disconnected side into the connected side, you take a different action. So now if I start my day and I'm in a really good mood and I'm feeling okay and I'm not rushed and the guy cuts me off, well, I might look at that and say, wow, you must be in a hurry or let me get out of his way. But that generally wouldn't happen with me personally. I would go to that disconnected side. And so the shift comes Three ways. The, the easy ways are change your environment, which are um, so, you know, you in this instance, you can just, you know, pull back or, you know, get away from that situation. A lot of times if it's at work, you can't really change your environment. You're sitting in a meeting and the person says something, you find it insulting. The little people in your brain, because that's your head trash, right? The little people of the brain start chatting and the head trash is over there on that disconnected side. And so when we can then look at, okay, well, another way to shift is what is the most powerful way, which is to change the, the questions that you're asking yourself, the, which are the way you think. You see, when we think about something, we go into it. So if we're staying up, let's say we can't fall asleep. And we, you know, there's that tape running and running and our head trash is going and going. We tend to, let's say there was something that happened at the office. We're like, why did that happen? Who did that? What are they going to do about it? Those types of questions keep us in the disconnected side of our emotional brain, where if we're asking questions like, well, what's the first thing I can do to improve this situation? Or how can I help get us where we need to go next? Or what matters most here? I'll shift into a different mindset. So now all of a sudden I'm in a productive mindset and I can start to look at where I can go. That productivity, that's when I can dump my head trash because now I'm focused on the actions I want to take that are productive. So those questions help us gain, gain clarity so that we can take productive action. 
here's how I visualize it. If you think about when you have that disconnected energy, you have high levels of emotional stress. So if you were to draw an arrow going down and put emotional stress under it, that's your goal. Decrease emotional stress, which ties to burnout, which we can come back to later. Then you have a line going across, which is clarity. The goal, when you decrease emotional stress, you now have more clarity as to what productive action you're going to take. And that's a line, an arrow going up. So when the arrow is going up, you're taking productive action. But the inverse is also true. When you have the line, you know, when you have high levels of emotional stress, you lack clarity and therefore you have a a challenge with taking what we would call productive action. You might take action, but it's usually action that doesn't serve you. Well, I think this moment between an event happening that you have some type of reaction to and your reaction. So the, the step in between the event and action is incredibly I think hard for most people to manage because we either don't have the skill or the awareness or it's not been brought to our attention. You know, something happens and we have an almost second level or second time of uh, reaction, right? Where we just do that. And so is that part of your venture is to help people add a step or build a skill around pausing or reflecting after the event happens before you react? Well, absolutely. And it can happen very quickly. It's like any muscle that you're building. So um, actually, if you go to dumpheadtrash.com under resources, there's a ton of free resources. And just click on the resource around shift questions. We call these shift questions because they're kind of questions that you can have in your pocket. One of my favorite shift questions, Ed, is who do I want to be right now? So let's say, you know, I'm home, I've had a busy, you know, day, I get home and my husband, you know, he says something and I, you know, get all wired up about it and I'm not my best self. And I get, I can go right in there. But if I'm aware that I'm already kind of stressed or that I can feel that angst going and I ask this one question of myself all the time, which is, who do I want to be right now? Mm-hmm. I can give you a couple of more uh, now that we're talking about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, one is we developed in our relationship with one of our daughters who would love to co- tell us all of her uh, drama moments with her friends. And we would attempt always to try to solve them. And she would get really irritated with us because she wasn't looking for a solution. She just wanted to share it. So we began asking, uh, happy to listen to your story. Are you looking for a solution or are you looking for us to listen? And then the choice was hers. And she might say, just listen, I just want to get it out of my head. I can't believe this happened. Or, you know, I could use some help. The second one is something that's posted right on my uh, screen on a yellow sticky, which is what is the best I can be in this moment? So, you know, just remembering that I don't always have to be what people expect me to be. You know, what's the best I can be in this moment? Can I be a helper? Can I be a listener? Can I be a solver? Can I be a diplomat? Can I be a, you know, someone with curiosity, right? What, what is the best I can be in that moment? And it sounds like that's uh, where a lot of your work is. Yes, actually, those two questions that you just shared, Ed, are fantastic. And they demonstrate also the power of this own it, shift it, dump it model for leaders. So first, 
for us to be helpful of, to, and to lead other people, we have to be on the connected side of our emotional brain. If we're not, we're going to be blaming and shaming. We're going to create inadvertently create fear or worry, right? We undermine our own organization because we're in the disconnected side. When you're asking those kinds of questions of other people, you're shifting them. And that's the most beautiful thing you can do. So that first we have to learn that shift questions shift us, but then also as we're leading and we all lead all the time, we're leading other people in our conversations, just like this one with your daughter, where it's that question shifts, not only helps you understand who you want to be right now or who they need you to be right now, which is so important as a parent, but also it allows that you to naturally, by asking that question, you decrease the emotional stress. So the conversation naturally gets a little less wired up. Right, right. So if a person uh, works for a boss and that person's observation of the boss is, is the boss is doing something that's dis- uh, disorienting the group and is problematic and the boss doesn't recognize it, whatever, you know, I see it. I don't mean to mutate your model, but, you know, I see this behavior you know, to some degree, we're looking for people to own it and say, how can I help them, right? Shift it to helping versus allowing it to continue or not saying everything and bad mouthing the boss at the water cooler, but saying, hey, I think there's something here that I don't know the boss realizes. Uh, People are feeling very alienated by this behavior and that's problematic, whatever it might be, and look for ways to share with the boss something that they need to hear, right? To be brave at work. Yes. And so it can be as simple as this. Uh, this is my favorite question when someone I'm working with is really struggling. I just ask, how can I help you right now? And so it, it again, decreases that emotional stress. And then it puts the onus back on them to go, okay, wait a minute. Right. And so, cause they're like, and you can't help me. Okay. Well, is there one thing that I can do to help you get where you, you want us to go? You know, or how can I be supportive right now? Or what else do I need to understand to get aligned with you? So we're asking these questions. We're actually helping shift them in the connected side. And simultaneously, we're creating dialogue. And dialogue, we have dialogue on the connected side. When we're in an upset with monologue, we can't hear other people. Because you can't listen when you're in the disconnected side of your emotional brain. You can hear, but you're not actually present. Right. You know, if I went to somebody and said, uh, you know, is there something that I can help you with? And they said, no, you can't help me with this situation. I would say, well, what is it that you need help with? And let me tell you if I think I can help you or not, just to get them to tell you the story of what it is that they need help with, whether or not you're the person who can help them. Right. Exactly. It sounds like. And it sounds like curiosity, uh, Rini, is a big piece of the work that you do with people. That's a huge component of being brave at work, which is to be curious and understand the other person as much as you can before you come to any kind of conclusion or next step. And it sounds as though asking questions for clarity or more information is important. Yes. And so when you think about curiosity, it lives on the connected side of your emotional brain where judgment, so being in judgment of another person is on the disconnected side. So when you think about it, I'm going to have a completely different experience and reaction, whether if I go to curiosity or I go to judgment. And so the same event can happen, but we choose how we're going to interpret that event. 
And so even if we interpret it and it throws us into the disconnected side, because remember, disconnected side can be about the imprints of your life. It could be about past experiences that you had with this person. It could be about your own perceptions about a situation or beliefs. Um, so when we go to that disconnected side, we once we understand, once we feel any kind of anxiety, worry, fear, a little bit of nausea in our tummy, or we're staying up late at night and we're hearing those little people go crazy, that head trash is there to tell us that we must shift. So you own it, then you can shift it, and then you can dump it. Well, I love that model. And I think our listeners can apply that to relationships that they have, whether it's personal or professional. And Rini, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing some of the work that you do with clients, which sounds extremely helpful. And also congratulations on the publication of your book, Head Trash. I don't recall the subtitle. The Leading Killer of Human Potential. Which is available, I'm sure, online at most online booksellers. If folks want to get in touch with you, Rini, or find out more about the work you're doing, where can they go? dumpheadtrash.com. And as I said, there's a ton of free resources. So please take them. And because we have, we have an epidemic of head trash right now, and there's <laughs> lots of work for us all to be doing to help each other through that. Well, there have been things happening, especially in the last two years that are all new types of head trash that we need help with. So thank you for being there. And thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Have a great day, Ed. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today, and we hope you join us on our next podcast conversation as we further explore Being Brave at Work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at CabotRisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio everywhere online. Do you have something to say, yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do, yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.